Welcome to the Sunday edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. I'm joined, as usual, by Adam and Paul. How are you doing, chaps? Good as ever. Yeah, I'm a lot better than I was this time yesterday. My toilet talk would have been very different yesterday. I failed the late fitness test. Let's just <laughs> no. not go there. What a game it was yesterday down at the ZW. It's never anything... If it's not interesting and exciting being a Wigan Athletic supporter. Also, on the uh, trail of winning away at Doncaster, winning away by the odd goal at Markham, we won by the odd goal at home to Gillingham. Wigan Athletic 3, Gillingham 2. Funny the other day, weren't we? I was talking about the two uh, infamous 3-2s against Gillingham and we produced another 3-2. You love it. Everyone loves the football cliche, don't they? And probably one of the most famous cliches, it's a game of two halves. It very much was. The first half should really, very realistically, could have been five, six. I think Paul put a message in the in the chat saying Hull at one point. Yeah. Uh, didn't absolutely kill it. I think that was alluded to by Shinny in his interview. And you're always a little bit susceptible to a comeback at 2-0. You know, one goal gives you a bit of confidence. So it's a results game and we got three games in a week, nine points. It is indeed. And uh, like you say, we started off like a like a house on fire. And that goal of Will Keynes, it, it were coming. That was the ninth minute, but it was coming from as early as the 42nd when Stephen Humphreys had a, had a good chance and he were through, which he, he didn't quite finish off. What an header from, from Keane, but we've got to give a lot of credit to Guillaume Edwards for his contribution to, to that goal. A rasping shot that led to it, which the keeper saved and pushed it out for a... For a well, he pushed it out wide and it was booted into touch and we, we got a throw in, didn't we? Beautiful take, wasn't it? Take down and then cross. Yeah, and that was just that was just on eight minutes, and and the header itself was a thumping header. Edited it back across the goalkeeper, left him with no chance. We thought this is it, we're away now. Like you say, I put all in the uh, in the chat on a chat this morning. It was on ten minutes because it, it just looked like it was going to be one of those games where we'd get three or four up, four or five up, and then just go into cruise mode and and still do it. But wasn't to be, was it? You know, they had that great one off the line when I thought we were trying to walk it in. And that guy edited it off the line. The keeper made a smart save. A couple of others as well. Um, he hit the post. Will Keane hit the post. Yeah. And Tom Naylor hit the bar with a, with a header from a corner. I mean, those corner routines, fantastic stuff. Our set play deliveries from both sides is brilliant. We've got a couple as well, haven't we? We do mix it up. We've got the kind of powerful one to the near post with the flick on. Back in the old days, it was the Steve Bold one, wasn't it? And I think, you know, we, we had a Colin Greenall one as well, didn't we, back in the day where he flicked it on. But we've also got that one that we... I saw it utilised on a number of occasions at Oxford, the head back from the far post, the deeper corner, head back across from where it's come and then someone else arriving at the far post. To mix it up means that the opposition can't just ready themselves for one type of corner. So I think... You know, they said, didn't they, you know, the, the having the likes of... I think Lange was telling us, wasn't he, about having Rob Kelly and James Beattie particularly work well on the set pieces. And and, and for me, I, I'm struggling to remember, apart from maybe Paul Jewell 100-point season, when we had DeVos and Ellington scoring lots from corners, I can't remember a season good as this in terms of set pieces. I'll trump you, though, with uh, the Larry Lloyd, Colin Methin, Les Brad routine back in... The uh, 19... Yeah, but me, me and Thorpe are not 95 years old, so I <laughs> can't remember that. There's no need to be like that. There is no need to be like that. Yeah, full of quality delivery. 
That's yeah, what that's, about. You can have all the different routines you want in the world. If the fellow put in the corner and doesn't put it where he's supposed to put it, it all goes to pot. Absolute quality delivery all season, both sides. We've mentioned the the, the chances that we, our hearts have squandered, but were were not taken. But one chance that was beautifully taken um, put us two 0 up. Stevie Humphries second goal in two games, second league goal in two games. A nice little move across uh, the front line. Shinny knocked the ball into him, picked it up, turned, knocked, played a one-two with Guion Edwards, shook it out to the right-hand side of the box, and then used his right foot, and we know he's a left-footer, and steered a lovely effort into the bottom far corner. I thought it was very Lang-esque, that, that goal. He, you know, he's come in, replaced Callum Lang, and he, he, he played the Callum Lang role to perfection for me. Yeah, he didn't mind, uh, you know, like he does, like Lange does, is get the ball, take it to the space and then know where the goal is. You know, how many times over the years have we seen strikers snatching, trying to hit it first time sometimes, uh, or the other one is too many touches, not taking the ball into the space and the chance disappears. And confidence is massive, isn't it? You know, in any any walk of life, whether it be sport or your working life or whatever, if your confidence is high, you, you'll perform better. And, you know, getting that first goal, Morka, the other night, clearly giving him confidence. He had a good performance. Everyone was talking him up as well. So he's taken that confidence into this game and he's delivered again, which, you know, that's that's what it's all about. You wait for your chance, but more importantly, take your chance when you get it. And he's done that. Well done to him. You met the comparison with Lang. I was comparing him with Charlie White because he was winning the balls that were going up to him against the centre-halves, which more so than I've seen in recent weeks. In terms of the goal, that goal absolutely placed perfection, wasn't it? Bottom right into the far corner. Yeah, it was. And we went in at half-time, shaking our heads over we weren't 5-0 up and thinking, you know, we're going to go on to some sort of cricket score here. And, and Gillingham, to the credit, made a, a substitution at half-time, brought on Reeves, number 11, who uh, a massive impact on the game. Scored a, a really well-taken goal. Big thump upfield to Oliver, who edited the ball back, dropped to uh, Reeves, and he fired a, a cracking shot low into the far corner. It was, I was just laughing at you. So it depends which cricket team you're talking about, Barry, when you said cricket score. If it's, <laughs> it, if it's, if it's England, then uh, we've probably stuck with two. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't think we really switched necessarily off our intensity 100%. They got better, which is fair enough. I think we maybe switched off a bit in terms of concentration, I think, at the back. Uh, I thought it was a soft goal, really. You know, I, I think they'll be disappointed to concede that. You know, what what Moore and Watts have, you know, both been fantastic this season. I mean, it just wasn't a good goal defensively, really. But, you know, you've got to got to credit Gillingham and how they changed it around a bit as well you know they got a bit more physical in that second half and you know made, made sure that it wasn't easy for our defenders because I think in the first half it was they could have had the cigars out couldn't they in the first half it was that easy that goal came on 53 minutes and it was like I thought it was the wake up call we needed but we had a chance uh, not too long afterwards when we broke away and Humphreys he had McLean to his left-hand side and he was screaming for the ball. And at the time, I thought, just knock it, knock it. But when you watch it back on the replay, he was crowded out a little bit, Humphreys. And that, I think that ball was actually cut off by the, the defence. So I, I won't lay too much blame on it. Then with another effort at the far post from, from a corner, which uh, it looked like the, the keeper had saved behind the line. But again, you know, we, we all claim for it, for, for the goal. But again, when you watch it on the replay, it looks like he's, he's stopped it going over the line. 
Also, Gillingham had an excellent chance when I always think he's an handful, Oliver, was through. He, he sort of beat the offside trap, didn't he? And Amos made a fantastic stop, spread himself like Schmeichel used to do for United. And it was it was a good, very, very good save that. That kept it at 2-1 at that particular moment. You've got to get that right, haven't you? Because if, if you mistime it and bring him down... You know, it's a penalty and possibly a sending off as well. You know, my, my view on that is, you know, it, it shows again what a good goalkeeper he is because he didn't have a lot to do. But again, what he did, he did very well. Like we were saying at Morecambe the other day, you know, that I thought, you know, he stood up to be counted. And essentially, he's been a very important part of our team this season. Albeit he's not been making 20, 30 saves a week, has he? Because he's not needed to. Well, I was just looking at the stats. He said they had seven attempts with two on target. So they scored two goals. But for me, that was on target as well. And if you watch the, the replay again, he's actually flicked it with his left left hand and flicked it away. So, But the goal, Oliver won a, a good header, headed the ball back. And O'Keefe, it's, it's a sweet half volley into the back of the net. It's only his second goal of the season as well for that fella. They were buzzing at that stage and we started to get a little bit panicky, I thought. And our play was disrupted and we fell into the in, into the way they wanted to play a little bit with the long balls. Yeah, we stopped doing what we what we do well. But, to be fair, they made a couple of little switches. And I think when we did score, we were getting back to our best again. I think we just found that extra gear. We got we got quite a lot of territory, didn't we? And obviously, a couple of corners. And for us, you know, if we're winning those corners, we know that we're, we've got a very good chance of, uh, of scoring the way we've been um, on our set pieces this year. I mean, top and bottom, their second goal gave us a kick up the backside, didn't it? And I don't just mean the players, I mean the crowd as well. Because the crowd woke up at that point a little bit. And then obviously, as we started to get back on top of the game. The crowd really woke up and, and, and helped carry them over the line. Yeah, again, we've heard the word coming out of both the camp and ourselves, character. Like the guy on Quest said last night, the number of games won by one goal and we're the one doing the winning every time. You know, can't can't I can't ask for any more. Although I, I do still ask for a game where we, we are... Com- I mean, yesterday I thought we were comfortable at half-time, but I want a game where the last 20 minutes I can sit and relax and enjoy it, not... Not be on the edge of my seat sweating. You have come old and Paul. I nearly did, but I missed that one. But then we got the winner. You know, fear not, it's Wigan Athletic, masters of our own destiny. Seventy-seven minutes on on the on the clock. They had a chance. He went behind for for a corner. James McLean sprinted over to take it to rapturous applause in that corner from the uh, supporters. Gives the clap back as a look up. Spots Jason Kerr stood on his own <laughs> on the edge of the six-yard box. Nobody near him. McLean swung a beautiful ball out, planted it straight on his head. He, he spotted Will Keane, stood on his own, two yards <laughs> out, and headed, headed it straight to Keane, who side-footed it. Thank you very much. 3-2, yeah. we'll take that. Thanks for the points. Our second double of the season in consecutive weeks. Yeah, I, th- I think he was going for the other opposite corner, wasn't he? I think if Keane hadn't put anything on it, it might have crept in anyway, but it might have just crept wide. He was, he was definitely do, doing that old edit back across the goal thing. Yeah, there was a player on the line, though, though Paul, so I'm yeah. glad Kino made sure. Three points again, another three points. With Wickham losing, it took us to the top of the league. Four games in hand. It's just absolutely superb at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I look at it, and I and I think we... I was getting in a conversation last night. We're, we're, we're realistically, we're five to six points clear of some, and 
more on other than I said about if we win the two games in hand or if we pick up some points in those two games in hand, we're five, five, six points clear of um, Rotherham and even further clear of uh, the other two. So yeah, I, I think we we can, we are sitting very pretty at the moment. The stats from Easter there: sixty-one percent possession with fifteen attempts at goal, with nine on target. As I've mentioned, Gillingham had seven attempts with two on target. There were two bookings in the game. Derek would pick one up for time wasting, which if I was the manager, I'd find him for that because I thought it was stupid what he did. Picked the ball up, walked to the touchline and then dropped it and then walked away from it. And he was the guy second to throw in. It was an absolutely ridiculous booking. But little things annoy me. <laughs> that was That's one of them. Yeah. Be professional. Yeah, I, I, don't pick the bookie up. 9,359 supporters in the ground with 137 away fans. So we've broken that 9,000 barrier for, for home spectators, which is, I think is uh, it's a great achievement. And I know, Adam, you say we've got 8,500 regulars, don't you? So we, we, hopefully this is uh, the, the new trends moving upwards now. Yeah, fantastic. Just a quick one on uh, what you were saying before about where we're positioned in the league. I've just had a quick look at the odds. I think the odds on Wigan's promote uh, to win the league are still they're only a, there is ten to eleven, so only a shade of odds on, and you can still get nine to five on Rotherham. The bookies, like some of the pundits, are still concerned about how many games we're playing. Maybe don't realise the strength and depth that we've actually got in this in this squad. Because I mean, for me, I you never want to say that's buying money, but I think that's a cracking price. Talking of strength and depth, again, we've said it before, you can take two or three players out of that team, put two or three players in off the bench, and it doesn't look that much weaker. You know, it, it's basically different players rather than lesser players. You know, once you start going four or five players out uh, and you then start looking at your bench and thinking, mm, can they change the game? Whereas at the moment, we look at the bench and think, yep, there's enough there definitely to change the game if we need to. Yeah, we had a young striker on the bench, didn't we, as well? Was that his, yeah. was that his time on the bench, Barry? I think he's been on the bench once previously yeah. in a league game. But interesting, though, Paul, about you saying making changes. I mean, we made changes yesterday, didn't we? With uh, Lange was out injured. Massey was rested down to the bench. So there's two changes there. And uh, Shinner came into the team as well. A little thing on Lang's injury, it's put down as a side, some side strain or a muscle pull in his side, which he picked up at Markham. Not too sure how long it's going to be, uh, whether it's just a precautionary rest or whether it's a little bit more serious, Adam. I listened to the interview from Liam Richardson and he was asked the question at the end and he didn't commit to anything, but what he did say, I don't know if it was a slip up, he said, well, hopefully it will be weeks rather than, and then he just said something like, you know, or something, I'm not word for word on it, but I'm just hoping that because weeks at this stage of the season, even if it's you're talking four or five weeks, that's a massive chunk of the season. And he's obviously... You know, he's certainly in the top three contenders for player of the year, isn't he, this year? He's been outstanding. But, you know, it's a squad game. And ultimately, if he's not available, we've got to get on with it. You know, we've still got Josh McGuinness waiting in the wings. You know, still no sign of him. But I'm sure he'll be ready to go in, a, you know, in, in the near future. I think this game on Tuesday, which we're going to be previewing in a moment, has come at the right time because I think it will give those fringe players in the squad some very much needed game time because we're definitely going to need them in the league running. But yeah. they're, they're all coming in, having played game time, haven't they? With, you know, with the, obviously doing quite well in two cups. It's uh, that's, That contributes to the fact that when they come in, you don't sit there and think, oh, bloody hell, is he going to be up to the, up to the job? You've seen him up to the job already. 
Just a little thing on uh, Jordan Jones as well. They're on the bench yesterday again. Just wondering if there's uh, maybe any truth in the speculation that he could be on his way out of the club with a move to a championship side. I know Barnsley, but they'll be a League One side next season anyway, won't they? Uh, well, yeah, they're, kind of, they're, they're not even above a side who uh, got deducted 21 points. So He <laughs> could be injured that we just don't know about, couldn't he? Well, no, on the selection, I think Tom Pierce is unlucky to, obviously, to miss out. Obviously, they've they've done that to keep power in, haven't they? And bring Shinny in. I do think Tom Pierce is unlucky. I don't think he's done anything wrong. No, but he's, he's not played for a long time. Then he played a lot of games in a short period. He gets a clattering Tom Pierce when he plays. So maybe... He was thinking more of his, you know, resting him. I don't know. We'll find yeah, out. Yeah, no, no, makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Man of the match, very close between two players. There was, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There was eight players in the running. So that that sort of says how we viewed the performance. It was spread spread across eight with uh, Graham Shinney getting a, a good percentage of, of the votes on his debut. The two prime contenders were Stevie Humphreys but the man who took it just shading it with five more votes than Humphreys was Guion Edwards for an absolutely superb display today I thought loads of energy very good on the ball had an hand in two goals at least really good performance from from Guion Edwards so well done for that you are the progress with unity listeners Man of the match for the game against Gillingham. One last thing as well on that game. Congratulations to Gavin Massey on his 150th appearance for Wigan Athletic. Great servant. Totally agree with that. We're moving on. Before we do, I'd just like to say Vernon. And you missed this yesterday, Adam. Vernon, happy 65th birthday. So you can retire this year. And very grateful of you bringing in the bottles of whiskey that you handed out to people to celebrate with you. Adam's eyes are popping out of his head now and he's shaking shaking his head because he wasn't sat with us yesterday, so he missed that. So, unlucky, Adam. And uh, thank you very much, Vernon. Much appreciated. I hope you have a fabulous birthday. Tuesday, Wembley. Wembley. We're the famous Wigan Latics and we're going to Wembley. Well, we're not yet, but we've got a very good chance of doing so. It's the quarterfinals of the pizza trophy. Arsenal under 21s are in town as we try to progress through to the semi finals and uh, on our way to Wembley, hopefully. We'll have ref watch for the Papa John's trophy game on Tuesday night against Arsenal under 21s. The referee will be Mr. Ben Toner from Blackburn. He was promoted to the national list of referees in the summer of 2015. He's refereed the Latics on three occasions previously. The only Latics player to pick up a card from those three games was Curtis Tilt, and that was away at Accrington last season. Mr. Toner hasn't refereed an Arsenal game at any level previously, so this will be his first game refereeing Arsenal. The card watch for 2021-22 season for him is 21 games, 51 yellows, three reds, Four penalties, and that's Ben Toner, who will be your referee on Tuesday night. So we're going on to the uh, previous, and I think here with previous, we'll use a Depeche Mode song, Enjoy the Silence, because there hasn't been any previous between Wigan Athletic and Arsenal on the 21s. Of course, we have met the first team on a number of occasions in particular, that fantastic night at Highbury and Jason Roberts' last-minute winner and Paul Jewell's leather jacket that we all remember well. Let's have a look at how they've gone on in the competition this year. I believe that they're the last remaining Premier League uh, on the 21 side. The route to the quarterfinals and the group stage, 
didn't start well. Swindon 2, Arsenal 1. Then they beat Newport 4-3. And then they drew with Plymouth Argyle 1-1. All those games away because the under-21s in the group stages are always going to be away. 2-2 against Ipswich in round two. And they won that match on penalties. Uh, and then in the last round, beats a big rival of theirs and certainly the, the open-edge team, Chelsea, by four goals to one. That's uh, Arsenal's form in the pizza trophy this year. I just want to quickly mention while we're on the subject of pizzas, when I was giving my shirt sizing for the Belize shirt, I spoke to Dave and we we're having a little bit of a chat. He said he listened to the last uh, podcast or the previous podcast with Jack Watmore and he said he was appalled by Barry's pizza and chili toppings. So I think he's very much in agreement with Jack Watmore. Over to you, Barry, for the predictions. But I predict that David doesn't appreciate a good pizza. Predictions for Tuesday night. What team are we going to put out? I have no idea. Uh, I'm sure some of those who were sat on the bench on on Saturday (laughs) will be starting. I think we'll have a relatively strong side. I'm going for a 3-1 win for Wigan Athletic and a match on to the semi-finals. Ooh, I, I think you're right. You don't know what side we're going to put out and you don't know what side they're going to put out. So as for predictions, we're, we're guessing, aren't we? Let's, let's be honest. That said, I, I think we could probably do listeners a favour by advertising the kickoff time. 7pm kickoff with £5 a ticket. The predictions might be rubbish, but the service is great. I'll predict... Two apiece, and we'll go through on penalties. How's that? Clearly, we know what sort of side it's going to be under the 21 side, but I also think that it possibly might be a bit weaker because I, I was listening to something earlier on the radio that a couple of the young players uh, have been called up to the first team squad because of some of the issues, obviously, with the shortage of players at Arsenal. So they might not be as strong as they would have been. Uh, I think we're going to put not a stronger side as Oldham, but I think a decent side. I, I think your, your Bayless is going to play. Shitty might get another game. There's others that, again, Piercy might come back in. Jamie Jones, a penalty king, will obviously play. You know, so we've got we've got good options in uh, the squad has shown this season that it can do a job. Yeah, I think we might win this game by two goals to nil. Because it's a cut game, or give us a clean sheet. If it's a league game, it's always both teams to score. Right, well, we'll find out on Tuesday evening. We'll be back on Wednesday with a, a recap a re- and all the reaction to what happened the night we all ate pizza down at the DW. <laughs> Until then, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from, goodbye from us. Up the Cross. ticks. Oh, Come on. Yeah.